0: News and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News
1: 923 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. This is Matt Salmon and for Mike Broomhead. Happy Friday. Happy December. The ACLU has filed a complaint late Wednesday in the U.S. District Court of Arizona. This, according to the uh, Associated Press, the ACLU of Arizona says it's suing the city of Phoenix in order to block resumed sweeps of a huge homeless encampment downtown. They say as displaced people destroyed their identification documents, prescription medications, and other belongings. The ACLU said it filed the complaint late Wednesday in U.S. District Court of Arizona in a move to halt the city's possible resumption Uh, In December of the sweeps that were paused at the beginning of 2022, this is what the ACLU said. Rather than confront its housing crisis head on and invest in sustainable solutions to homelessness, the city is terrorizing the very people it should be helping. Look, um, we all know that homelessness is not going to go away. We also know that a large percentage of the population of homeless people have mental illness issues or uh, drug addiction issues. And we also know that we don't want uh, to have the same kinds of situations they do in Skid Row in LA or uh, in San Francisco. we, we have to worry about safety and security in our neighborhoods. So there's a lot of things that we have to address. We have to make sure that we're compassionate and we're taking care of our homeless population. But at the same time, uh, we have business owners that are having serious issues doing business with home, homeless populations, defecating and urinating on the sidewalks in front of their businesses. And so what do we do? Uh, on the line with me is a, an expert in homelessness. His name is Judge Glock. And uh, uh, Judge, uh, it's wonderful to have you on the line. What are we going to do? And what, what are some ideas out there that uh, address both sides of the equation?
0: Yes, thank you so much for, for having me. So, first of all, as you mentioned, I, I think you understand, as everyone in, in Phoenix and Arizona understands, that the current model is not working, and anybody looking around in Phoenix should see that. Uh, there was recently a wonderful op-ed by uh, the Democratic Senator, Captain Miranda of Arizona, a state senator, uh, who talked about just the unbelievable disaster that's happening on Phoenix's streets. Uh the, the the current rate, they're going to have about a thousand homeless people dying on the streets of Phoenix this year, which is almost double the rate of last year, and that's not compassionate. Uh, a more compassionate way is actually begin clearing those streets and offer safe, secure, and frankly affordable alternatives. But the ACLU and a lot of the other groups uh, involved with the, the homeless advocacy community refuse to take that step.
1: You know, I I know that one of the things that was proposed last year in the state legislature was this idea of uh, sanctioned campsites. Can you talk a little about that? And I, I know that it's going to probably be considered again at the state legislature. It seems like an idea that has a lot of merit. Could you kind of talk about that, put some meat on the bones?
0: Yeah, so the sanctioned camping site idea is basically uh, an answer to the question of well, what can you do today, this week, this month, uh, about the homeless problem? Now, you can't and shouldn't try to arrest every single person in the street and put them in jail. That'd be too expensive. You certainly can't do what the ACLU and some of the other groups advocate, which is give every single person in the street a permanent home for as long as they live for free or for basically no cost. Uh, but what you can do is set up these sanctioned camping sites away from residential areas with police protection, with necessary services, with the drug and alcohol and mental health treatment that people in the street need. Um, and you can do that very rapidly. Places like Oakland or uh, Texas have set up these camps in as little as three weeks. I've been many times to the Esperanza community, a sanctioned camp uh, outside of Austin, Texas, uh, that they was set up after they cleared some of the uh, the homeless encampments under the uh, the Texas highway system. And, you know, it's it's not a perfect site, but it's obviously a step above where these people were living out of the streets without any protection or uh, any sort of services uh, on their own. And, you know, Phoenix and uh, the state of Arizona are definitely correct to, to start considering this. In fact, the mayor of Portland, Oregon, no sort of, you know, uh, arch conservative, recently said he was going to clear all of the streets in the city and put the, the people there uh, if they wanted to. They'd refuse to go back to their home or to shelter into these sites from camping sites. And that's uh, clearly a, a better alternative than the current uh, situation.
1: We're quickly running out of time, Judge, but, um, you know, uh, we've got to start figuring out things that are, are win-win. The ACLU is going to have to give uh, we're, we're all going to have to be a lot more creative than we've been in the past. I want to kind of separate fact from fiction uh, real, real quickly, but uh, I've been told by a lot of our homeless uh, experts that um, there are, is a certain segment of the population that just doesn't want to live in, in, in these shelters because they don't want to live by the rules. Is, that, is there yeah. a truth to that?
0: That's absolutely true. They're what it's called in the linguo uh uh service resistance. And when you survey people in encampments, usually a large majority say they would refuse to go into shelters. But the important qualification there is that's if the open encampments are continued to be allowed on the streets or on the sidewalks or parks. If you close off that option, a lot of those people either, one, go back to their friends and family, where a lot of them were before uh, the street became a, an option when the city refused to enforce it. Or two, they do have to go into those shelters or, or services or these sanctioned camping sites. Now, you know, th- they don't like a lot of the rules, which may involve some things such as sobriety. Uh, but obviously having someone with severe drug addiction out on their own without it, rules out of the streets or sidewalk, is not uh, a viable long-term alternative for them or for the cities themselves.
1: Well, Judge, we've run out of time, but I really, really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I understand that this idea of sanctioned camping is going to come up again, but we've all got to be talking about real solutions and uh, stop the finger pointing and and just get the job done. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us and uh, have a happy uh, December and a wonderful Christmas season.
0: Well, thank you so much
1: for having me, and agree wholeheartedly, of course. All right. Take care. Uh, Next up, uh, we're going to uh, catch you up on the biggest stories of the day in Do You Hear This?
0: Strong Values and Strong Opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app.
1: Hey, everybody in Arizona. Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead. And uh, we're going to get you caught up today on the biggest stories of the day. And we're going to do Did You Hear This? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories.
2: Secretary of State Ken Bennett joined you today and discussed the law that surrounds canvassing the election in Arizona.
1: 16642 says that the counties shall not may or think about it shall uh, canvass the election no less than six days after the election, no more than 20. There's flexibility between six and 20 days, but whether or not you can do it is not an option.
2: Do you think we could see similar problems like this arise again in 2024?
1: Well, I hope not. I, I think that we, uh, as Ken said, we're going to make sure that our elections are operating as they should. And uh, we'll be looking at legislation to, to make sure that it operates exactly like it should. But the fact is, we are a nation that's a rule of laws and we need to follow the laws.
2: Senator Kirsten Sinema spoke to you today about her concerns regarding border security.
3: We don't have a legal system that is robust enough to decide quickly who can legally come into the country and who can't. And so our border communities are just
2: overwhelmed with the flood of migrants who are entering the country. Will the federal government get a plan in place before Title 42 ends?
1: I sure hope they do because if they don't, uh, it's going to impact Arizona disproportionately and we're going to be on the short end of the stick. I'm really thankful that uh, Cinema's voice is loud and strong, telling the Biden administration to make sure that they get their act together uh, because we've seen enough pain on the borders. Okay, what else?
2: President and CEO of the Arizona Chamber of Commerce, Danny Seiden, talked about the importance of a new semiconductor plant in Arizona.
1: It's going to help attract all the chemical producers that you need to make semiconductors. And those are high-paying jobs, too. Those are engineers. All the packaging, all of the component parts that go into that. It's a whole new ecosystem of an economy that we are building here.
2: Why is it important to continue to diversify our state's economy?
1: Well, because our economy is uh, going to impact every life in Arizona. And you can't always put your eggs all in one basket. Uh, you've got to diversify to make sure that if one segment of the economy goes bad, the segments that you're, the other segments you're holding on to are going to go forward. And uh, these semiconductor uh, plants that are in Arizona are going to create some of the best jobs in Arizona. And it's going to help everybody. A rising tide lifts all boats.
2: you served in washington dc for 10 years what was your proudest accomplishment
1: honestly my proudest accomplishment i had a few one was the no second chances for rapist murders or molesters act that was uh, signed into law by uh, president bill clinton but one of the proudest days of my life was when i got marine sergeant andrew andrew tamarisi out of prison in mexico uh, he was uh, over there treated very very badly and i worked for uh, about a year uh, to get him out of prison in Mexico. And when I was able to welcome him with his mother at the airport, it was one of the happiest days of my life. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Uh, Did you hear this? So uh, next up, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, the the judge that ordered Cochise County uh, to Canvas the ballots and we want to make sure that uh, in Arizona we're following the law. You heard what Ken Bennett had to say and uh, Cochise County was the holdout county saying that they weren't going to canvass the election. Uh, it was kind of uh, holding a gun to your own head. I don't know how many of you saw the movie Blazing Saddles but remember when Cleavon Little held the gun to his head and said, don't move or I shoot? Uh, that's kind of what Cochise County was doing and it didn't make a lot of sense because they were actually hurting uh, the Republican, the, the Republican candidate uh, Juan Ciscomani, uh, who won the congressional seat for that district, uh, would have been the uh, one that would have been hurt the most. And so, I'm glad to see that uh, we're back to some sanity. And so, I hope you stick with us in the next few minutes and listen to this show because we got a lot of uh, uh, a lot of important things to talk about. And uh, and then uh, at the very end of the hour, uh, we're going to go uh, back over the interview that i had with kirsten cinema we had a great dialogue about a couple of things number one was uh the the border and the expiration of title 42 we can talk a little bit more about that and then we'll also uh be talking about the uh respect for marriage act uh, that she was a co-sponsor of and shepherded through the senate now waiting for the house's approval but uh, uh we've got a lot of uh, really wonderful things to talk about in the next few minutes so Stick with us, and uh, we're going to have a good day.
0: Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app.
1: Hey, this is Matt Salmon, in for Mike Broomhead. Happy Friday and uh, happy December. Um, I am so lucky that I get to work with some of the most talented, thorough, wonderful people in Arizona here at KTAR. I got to tell you, they are a cut above, and it's a a real pleasure to be able to work with them. Um, I talked a little bit earlier in the uh, program about uh, the... Cochise County debacle, I don't know what else you can call it, because the law is very, very clear on what uh, the counties can do and what they can't do when it comes to canvassing elections. It's spelled out as clear as can be in the Arizona statutes. Uh, just uh, in the last few days, uh, a judge from Pima County has ordered uh, the uh, Cochise county uh supervisors to canvas the election and to certify it and to move it up uh to the state uh the judge, his name was uh, mcginley he rejected uh one of the supervisors requests crosby uh to request to continue the hearing until, until tuesday so their attorney could get up to snuff get up to speed excuse me this is what mcginley said he said the board has exceeded its lawful authority And adding that the law unambiguously requires a vote within 20 days of the election. That date was Monday, November 28th. Earlier in the program, I had uh, uh, state senator-elect Ken Bennett, former secretary of state Ken Bennett, a guy that knows the election laws in Arizona uh, as well as anybody I know. And this is what he had to say about it. 16.642 Sixteen six forty two says that the counties shall not may or think about it shall uh, canvass the election no less than six days after the election no more than twenty and and so there's not there's flexibility between six and twenty days but whether or not you can do it is not an option. So there you have it from former Secretary of State, Republican Secretary of State, current senator-elect uh, from the Prescott area uh, for the Arizona State Senate. Uh, unambiguous as can be that the counties do not have the wherewithal to choose whether or not they're going to canvass an election. There's an appropriate uh, venue set forth by law for how our elections are supposed to be handled. The counties uh, at a date certain are supposed to uh, canvass those elections, submit those results to the state, and then the state by a date certain, and I believe that's this coming Monday, uh, are required uh, to uh, continue and canvass the entire state election and then uh, certify that election. And then The process begins if there are those that believe that there were voters disenfranchised, that there were uh, things done illegally during the election. They actually actually have to then do what our rule of law stipulates, and that is file a lawsuit, present your evidence – And it has to be hardcore evidence. It can't be happenstance. It can't be hearsay. It can't be, uh, I heard that something happened. You have to have hardcore evidence, a smoking gun, to then go uh, to the courts and prove That the election uh, was uh, faulty or that there was some aspect of the election that was fraudulent. That's the way our American system of jurisprudence works. The statutes are clear. The Constitution is clear. And we have to follow the law. So going forward. I have a strong recommendation for my fellow Republicans. I've been a Republican all my life. I've been a Republican precinct committeeman uh, for close to 40 years. I believe in conservative policies, but I also believe in the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution of Arizona, and the rule of law. And so my advice is let's make sure that we are the party party of law and order all the way through. And yes, that means with elections, too, that we follow the law and we take it as far as we can and then we, we live by it. And going forward, I think that you know this last election was uh, devastating for the Republican Party. It's been two cycles now of failure after failure after failure at the polls for the Republicans. Uh, It's been since the 1940s, I believe, or the 1950s, uh, when Harry Truman was president of the United States, since we had a Democrat governor and two Democrat senators. And you have to lay the blame of failure where it's due. The candidates, the party, failed in this last election. And we should stop chasing rabbits down rabbit holes, and we should focus on... What really matters, and that is getting a message out of inclusion to those independent voters and those voters that walked on Republicans and didn't vote for us in this last election to make sure that they vote for us in the future. Look, I believe that... The concept of smaller government, less regulations, lower taxes, uh, standing up for parents and families uh, and, and making sure that our kids are actually learning important things that value, that have value in their life and not being indoctrinated, that our streets are safe, that uh, people have Second Amendment rights and we have the right to carry and, and life is preserved and protected. All these things are important. Let's get back, folks, to talking about issues, issues that matter in people's lives. We have the issues. And if we would have campaigned on those issues, we would have won. Instead of looking in the rearview mirror and talking about what did or didn't happen in the last election, we've got to talk about things that impact people's lives. Water, uh, the, the, the the forest fires and the healthy forest situation. I could go on and on and on. But we have got to get back to campaigning on issues, be a be a party of ideas. We've got to be a big tent and welcome everybody to the Republican Party. These things matter. We can win elections again. I don't believe it's a purple state. I don't. And I believe that this year we should have not just had a red wave but a red tsunami because of the the inflation that's been going on, the debacle after debacle on the border with the Biden administration. We should have won Hands down. We've got to move forward, folks, not backward. We're going to be talking in the next segment about my interview with uh, Kirsten Cinema, so stick with us. A lot more to come. strong values
0: and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app.
1: Happy Friday everybody. This is Matt Salmon in for Mike Broomhead. This is my last segment of the day and I just want to recap one of the earlier segments that we had where we were able to interview uh, our senior senator from Arizona, Senator Kirsten Cinema. Um, she talked about a couple of different issues. Uh, one was her co-sponsorship and the passage of the Respect for Marriage Act, and this is what she had to say about what the bill does.
3: It ensures that people who are in loving marriages, whether those be heterosexual or same-sex marriages or interracial marriages, um, have the ability for those marriages to be recognized when they move from one state to another in our country.
1: So... One of the big concerns that a lot of the religions have uh, about these kinds of proposed bills and laws is that it could take away our religious freedoms. What about a church, uh, a, a pastor of a church or a a, a, a Catholic uh, priest uh, that doesn't want to perform because uh, a, a certain kind of a marriage because it's against uh, their religious uh, teachings or religious upbringings and the fear that if they don't, maybe their uh, tax uh, status is going to be changed, their, their tax-exempt status is going to be taken away, and so Here's what she had to say about religious freedom, religious liberty associated with this.
3: It ensures that they don't have to participate or condone or engage in any kind of same-sex marriage that they don't support. So it makes very clear, stronger than you've ever seen in federal law, um, it makes very clear that religious institutions have the freedom to practice their own religion and can do so without jeopardizing or being in danger of losing their tax exempt status and that they won't be um, pressured or harassed by a government for having their own religious
1: viewpoints. So that was passed by the Senate. I believe that there was 13 Republicans uh, that joined uh, with Democrats in voting for it. Now it goes on to the House of Representatives. Uh, We're going to face an up or down vote and, and then on to President Biden. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the other... Um, issue that I talked with Sinema about is the border. Uh, And uh, this is what she had to say about the border.
3: We don't have a legal system that is robust enough to decide quickly who can legally come into the country and who can't. And so our border communities are just overwhelmed with the flood of migrants who are entering the country.
1: So I talked to her about Title 42. Um, Title 42, as you all know, is uh, a measure that allows for the immediate expulsion of uh, people who come to the border uh, and sending them back uh, across the border into Mexico. It was instituted uh, for safety and health reasons uh, during the COVID time by uh, former President Trump, uh, and then uh, President Biden uh, actually did away with it with executive order, a court ordered him to uh, reinstate it, and now a judge uh, has ordered uh, the Title 42 to go away, and so with Title 42 going away, it takes away yet another tool for our Customs and Border Patrol agents uh, to be able to uh, send people back uh, across the border uh, immediately. And uh, that's why uh, uh, Senator Sinema said what she had to say. Y- you'd have to be a moron not to see uh, the problems associated with uh, a porous, uh, a completely porous, or uh, go beyond porous, uh, a no-border uh, situation that we've had to deal with in, uh, Yuma has probably been hit harder than anybody. Cochise County uh, has been hit very, very hard, obviously uh, uh, in Tucson and Nogales, uh, but uh, we 've been inundated, and people have been uh, captured uh, from over a hundred different countries at, uh, at the border, and uh, countries of interest. When I say countries of interest, that means uh, countries uh, that that uh, uh, pose a serious threat uh, to the United States countries. Uh, uh, in the Middle East, uh, and uh, uh, people from China uh, uh, coming across those Mexican borders, paying the cartels, and let let let's look at it for exactly what it is. These people are paying cartel members about five to ten thousand dollars a person to smuggle them across the border. The cartels are anything but humane. I talked to one of our CBP, Customs and Border Patrol agents, who told me that one of the women that they apprehended had a bottle of morning-after pills. And when they asked her why she had so many morning-after pills, she said, because I knew that when I was uh, going to be smuggled across the border by the cartels, that I would be raped several times during that process. Uh, The statistics on women and young girls who are raped uh, while in the custody of the cartels... being smuggled across the borders is astronomical. And it's anything uh, but humane. It is a human rights crisis of epic proportions. All people, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, uh, Green Party, I don't care who you are. This is a human rights crisis of epic proportions. And the way that we're dealing with our border at the national level, is a disgrace. It is not helping people at all. I know. I've been to Honduras. I've been to El Salvador. As a member of Congress, I've met with, those, with the leaders of those countries. It's heartbreaking to see the billboards going up, the, the people that have been smuggled across and then who are indentured servants for years to come, slaves. Uh, because they were smuggled across by the cartels, not to mention the fentanyl crisis that 's killing our youth in this country we 've got a responsibility to fix the borders and Now that title forty two is going to expire, you have Senator Cinema and Kelly that have uh, uh, been vocal to the administration about making sure that we 've got everything in order. That's needed. Everybody should be yelling about this. We have got to get our borders secure. It is, it is not only unkind to those migrants that are being smuggled, but it is also hurting our country in, a, in, 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 in the worst uh, possible way. So we all should be singing from the same sheet of music. Uh, look, folks, it's been an honor uh, to be on the line with you today and to be in here as a sub for Mike Broomhead. Mike and I have been friends for a lot of years. Uh, I consider him a brother. He's one of the best guys I know, and it's an honor to be able to take his show. want you all, I probably won't be getting this chance again before Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. And uh, I want you to know that... Uh, this is the time when we need to put our best, our best heart and best efforts forward uh, to be uh, brothers and sisters and looking out for your neighbor. So, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Hanukkah, and God bless you all.